Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the Flavor King. Jordan Morris, boy detective. It's my new favorite kind of pluot, Jordan. What was your old favorite pluot? I couldn't tell you. It was not labeled with a varietal. But Hmm. I, I got to the farmer's market this week. Jesse, I thought we weren't going to talk about the farmers market on this show. I'm so- is that maybe just a is that maybe just a uh, rule I have for myself? Maybe that's I, you listen. I don't want to impose impose my rules onto you. If you want to talk about the farmers market, go ahead. But I mean, I just I I maybe I just have too much self respect to do that. I mean, I certainly don't have any self respect. If that's the issue, <laughs> oh, <laughs> go ahead. Is that the Yak concern? on about bringing your cloth bags. Oh. You bring your own cloth bags? Yeah, I bring two nylon. I just got myself a nice cart though. I got myself a folding cart. Oh yeah? How's that work? This is this is what this is what like is the highlight of my week in in uh whatever month this is, September 2020. Is uh got myself a folding cart. Went ahead and got the nice one, the one that Wirecutter recommends. And then I got a handle extender. God. Look at us. Look at us. Look at what we've become. Talking about the farmer's market. Jordan, I, for one, used to be totally punk rock. And now it's all handle extenders. Yeah. Come on, man. Let's shake things up. Let's uh, do it. Let's do a sit-in. Let's chain ourselves to a tree that they're going to cut down. Yeah, I mean, if it's got a handle extender, oh, I'm boy, in. Here we go. Because otherwise how... you have to hunch. I don't want to yeah. have to pull no, heavy that's true. It's bad for you. It's bad for your back. The point is, my regular stone fruit vendor didn't have any pluots, so I went to a different stone fruit vendor, and uh, I said, uh, give me some of those pluots there, and she she said, you're going to like these. These are the flavor kings. Oh, wow. And you know what? She wasn't wrong. They're green with vivid red interiors. Hmm. Beautiful, beautiful fruit. And you know what? They don't call them flavor king for nothing, Jordan. Yeah, fuck you, flavor duke. (laughs) (laughs) Flavor viceroy is out of here. Uh, I mean, so maybe this is just me, but I prefer the flavor queen. Thank you. Yes, I know. Very brave. Okay. Our guest on this week's program is a stand-up comic and comedy writer with a brand new uh, comedy record and a brand new television program on which uh, our friend Jordan also worked. Uh, the show is called Earth to Ned. It's very funny. I watched uh, watched it with my daughter, who's been marking the days until it appeared, and it satisfied all of her uh, interests and desires. Our guest, Eliza Skinner. Hey! Jesse, did you tell your daughter that Ned was Santa? <laughs> I did tell her, yeah. Good, yeah. I've been asking people say that he he's um, some sort of religious adjacent figure, so that, that works out. Right, yeah. <laughs> I initially told her she was uh, she uh, that Ned was the Tannenbaum. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or um, uh, whatever cherub hangs out with um, Saint Valentine. That that would work too. Yeah. The Easter Bunny. Listen, it's a it's a it's a show for Catholics. <laughs> we just if you're a Catholic, you'll love it. If you're not, you won't get it. It's not. This is all nonsense. It's, it's a show it's for a, everybody. It's a show for everybody. He's not a. He's not some sort of deity. He's an alien. He mm-hmm. interviews celebrities. 
Everybody, mm-hmm. watch with the kids. Yes. Including friends of Jordan Jesse Go. The, the yeah. first episode features two friends of Jordan Jesse Go as guests Andy Richter and Gillian Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will see uh, many comedy adjacent guests as you watch the show, <laughs> or co- comedy guests, like a lot of comedians on there too. I'll also say in the field piece, you got a couple of you got a couple of JJ Go past guests. I think you got a Brian Cook in there. You got an Aparna Nancharla. You have a Louis Vitrell. Yeah, Louis Vitrell yeah. and and Candace Thompson, who guys get her on the show if she hasn't been yet. Oh, uh, she, yeah, she's not welcome back. She knows what she did. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. We would love to have her. Would be lucky to have her on the show sometime. Uh, I have a I have an important question. You okay? So on Earth to Ned, Ned is an is an alien. Yes, that's it. That's that right. Interviews celebrities. Sure. This is the premise of the program. He came to destroy to do Earth. With you, don't worry. Got distracted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those insider show business parodies of NPR's no. least popular program. No. no, it is not. It is not. Is all the parts of Ned a puppet? What do you mean? Like, is there any part of Ned that that's is like, like organic and real? Put on with no, 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 no. Not like does it have real human hands that have been grafted onto? <laughs> His head is an actual crab that is not happy. That's a that's it. The nose comes from a cadaver, but everything else. <laughs> No, I mean, like, is there any, like, graphics or anything? It is no. the most, ex- if it's all puppet, it's it is puppet. the most expressive puppet I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, everything is, is puppet. Almost everything in the show in general is practical effects. There are a couple things that get put on afterwards, but most of what you see is hap- was happening on the stage. Ned is the most complex puppet in that it takes six people to work Ned. Um, <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, three people on the hands, one person in the body. And then two people running the head, um, Paul Rugg, who does the voice and works the mouth, and Alan Troutman, who does the eyes and the head flap. That's uh, uh, two fewer people than it takes to work Judy Dench. Hey! Oh! <laughs> hey! Uh, Take that, the beloved actor Judy <laughs> yeah. Dench. Yeah. It's, Universally loved. We have, like, puppet royalty all over that set. Um, it's it's nuts, all the people who, who contribute to it in these seamless ways. Like, I mean, the way that the, all the puppeteers work together for Ned is just bonkers. There was a moment in uh, the Gina Carano interview that did not make it into the show. She's on our sports episode. It's out now. You can see it. Um, but she said that she was from Las Vegas, which is where Paul, who does the voice of Ned, is from. And so when she said that, Paul just, uh, honestly, his reg- his human self was like what and all of his hands went up and his body threw back and his flaps went up like all six of these people worked together in this instant moment to give this perfect reaction of completely off script surprise and that was one of the moments where I was like oh my god this is crazy what we're doing this is so unbelievable they're like symbiotic Eliza, would you say that puppet skills are a type of circus skill? <laughs> all right, I, all right, all right. I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but I would say that everyone with puppet skills 
also has, also has circus some... <laughs> skills. <laughs> that is a very good observation. There were lots of yeah. circus skills on that set. Yes. There were a lot of people, I will say, working working for Earth to Ned, you will see a lot of people coming and going who have a few steampunk items for on their person. Sure. For sure. <laughs> who are just have, casually wearing a few steampunk items. If I had ever had questions about Burning Man, all of them got answered. <laughs> <laughs> They kept pressing for the final guest to be a, a giant-headed papier-mâché Ralph Nader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And we t- we fought for it, but it didn't end up that way, sadly. So, you know, yeah. hope for a second season. There was a cold open that took place in the Orgy Dome as well. But um... <laughs> but we kept getting sand in the puppets, and we're like, this is yeah, not going to help. Yeah, it, it was just a sand <laughs> issue. Not, it was not, Strangely, not a standards and practices issue. No, no. Just the puppets were uncomfortable with all that sand in their crevices. Uh, I so interesting, like so so like being on set and kind of watching it happen. Uh, I I had just this kind of amazing moment. So the the you know so the 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 puppets are puppeting and they're they're I mean they they seem alive and you you like them immediately. Like I mean that's just kind of the thing with the Jim Henson creations is like everything you see you're like I like I like that I like them. Yeah, without being scared of not making them weird. Like they're not yeah. just cutesy pie. They can do all kinds of different, like, creepy, eerie, like, yucky, but they're still likable and cute at the same time. And he, so, like, when, so, like, when, you know, someone would, you know, so when the puppeteers would have to, like, take a break, like, when it, you know, when someone called cut and, you know, everybody went to take a break, like, the puppets would just kind of slump over with their eyes open. And I, it was so unnerving. Like, it was, like, not only, like, oh, something is wrong with them. It was like, something is wrong with my friend. My friend <laughs> is is hurt. Someone call someone. I was like concerned about them when they weren't moving. Yeah, and sometimes we would have to straight up take off somebody's head and put on a different one. Yeah. Or, or stick a, a, a screwdriver into somebody's mouth and work on their animatronics. <laughs> um, but they all seemed okay. How did you figure out? I mean, Eliza, you're the you you're the head writer on the show, and Jordan also wrote on the show. How do you figure out how to write jokes for a new puppet character? Like, did you have did you have the puppeteer who does the voice just like do it for a few weeks in front of you until you could tell what its deal was? No, we we all kind of worked together like pushing it forward inch by inch where like the puppeteers were working, the puppeteers were working together without us around just at the creature shop because they, they did have to work on their characters, but they also really had to learn the mechanics of these different puppets um, because each one is totally different. So they were mostly working on that, but working on their dynamic while we were also working on their characters and their dynamic. And so they came in, they were like, we're kind of like this. And we were like, well, we think you're kind of like this. And kind of inched each other back and forth until we figured out something that that we understood and they understood and took the best of what they were doing and made it something that we could add to. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a really weird situation, but I think what made it all work was the willingness of everybody to collaborate and have it be the best possible final result rather than have anybody's idea win. You know what I mean? Like nobody seemed to be like, I gotta win this. So you're saying Jordan Jordan lost. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jordan I... lost a lot of times, but uh, he we had a he had a we had a crate for him, and so he felt safe in there <laughs> after his. And you put a sheet over it to trick me into thinking it was nighttime. Yeah, yeah, and then we'd be like, "It's a whole new day, buddy. No big deal. Oh, cool. Yeah, go gave... get some coffee. It's morning time. <laughs> Have yeah. a peck at your seed bell." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we would put a mirror in there and he'd be like, it's another Jordan. And- ah! <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I told everyone I wrote on the show, but I was actually their pet or mascot. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get inspiration. <laughs> kind of how like an elementary school classroom has a bunny. Yeah. A different one of us would have to take him home each weekend and right, keep him alive. Yeah. And it was very traumatic to the kid whose house I died at. Yeah. Well, he learned a lesson. You know, everybody learns. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a new pet here at my house. Oh. Uh, yeah, my son my son Oscar has been wishing for a pet of his own forever and a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because my dogs are old and they don't necessarily like my children. <laughs> um, They're more into books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're readers. <laughs> and um, And so we have avoided it for four years because we don't want anything else to take care of. We have too many things to take care of. And I, we finally caved. Did you all, did, did you guys all get Tamagotchis? <laughs> so we did get my daughter a Tamagotchi. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Nice. <laughs> because my daughter has not been asking for a pet, but we needed to be fair. We essentially gave Ned a Tamagotchi on the show. Oh, yeah. In our pets episode. We, we gave him a pet lemon that I named Daniel Day Lemon. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, wait, Jesse, Jesse did, wait, did, did I spoil the punchline of that? Was it, act? did you actually get a Tamagotchi for the kids? I really did get a Tamagotchi, <laughs> but for, for my daughter, Grace, uh, yeah, my, my son, Oscar, got a living pet, um, which was we went we went to the tropical fish store and oh. bought a betta fish. Uh oh! So he was not looking for an active pet. I just wanted the easiest pet that exists in the world. Like I had tried to convince him that like various inanimate objects would make a good pet, <laughs> and I hadn't quite been able to pull it off. Like, I came pretty close to pulling it off. Hey, that, you like, can take care of this Lego Star Wars A wing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can name him, but he has to be named A-Wing. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a lot of options as as to what the name is going to be. But this is what happens when you go to the tropical fish store. Because I looked up, like, what's a fancy fish store? Because I I thought I I should be going to one where they really know what they're doing because I don't know anything about fish. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to this fish store. They work well with a good lemon squeeze. Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I brought Oscar with me. And this was like, he's been to the store twice in the last six months. uh, Like, and has been to no other things, basically. Yeah. So wait, he's been to the fish store twice or? No, to the store, store, any store in the world. He's involved uh, he's in been, commerce a couple times in the last few months. Yeah, he hasn't been to the grocery store. We go to the grocery store by ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he was excited just to go somewhere, but also kind of worried about it. We get there. I tell the guy that he's getting his first fish. You know what's a good, like, introductory store to take a kid into? Spencer's Gifts. Oh. You know, actually, Spencer's Gifts now they have a they have a an adult section. So I would say that might be okay because when I was a kid, the adult stuff was just willy nilly all over the place. Oh, that was right. shocking. 
Here's some snow globes next to penis pasta. Yes, exactly. And I'd be like, oh no, it all feels weird now. I can't trust these snow globes even. <laughs> Was it a joke I didn't get? Should I be in here? <laughs> yeah. Um, they explained to us as we stood in there that when you get fish, you buy a tank, you set it up, and then you come back the next day to buy the fish. Oh, it looks like prepare the waters. You got to like get the levels right. Yeah. Right. The salinity. And yeah. I'm like, fuck, because I just told the six-year-old he's getting a fish. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And this is the second time the six-year-old has been out of the house in six months. So I'm pleading with this. I'm pleading dude, with my son. I'm begging dude, just, my son. Dude, listen, just take him to Spencer's. Get him a poster that says one tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can also get um, soap in the shape of a sperm. Hmm? There you oh. go. Yeah. That's like a pet. Sort of, yeah. It's a pet and a great bachelorette party gift. <laughs> so I finally say to the guy, I finally say to the guy, uh, okay, well, can we look at the fish? And he's like, yeah, sure. And uh, and I'm like, okay, well, which ones are, are suitable? And he's like, well, what kind of fish were you thinking about getting? And I'm like, well, we were thinking about maybe a betta fish, but I really don't know. And he goes... Yeah, well, I mean, if you, if you get a betta fish, you can just keep it in its cup and put it in tomorrow. I'm like, you saw me here begging a six-year-old f- for forbearance in the midst of a pandemic as we buy him his first pet of his life. And you could have just said, well, there is one option. You could get a betta fish that you could take home today. That's probably what you came here for anyway. Well, he was probably just trying to upsell you. Yeah, he wanted to change your life. He wanted to usher you into the world of exotic tropical fish betta fish any i mean we used to have betta fish at one of the hotels i worked at in the bar like as wall art there were betta fish (laughs) so you can smoke around them is what that means (laughs) would you like periodically have to do scans for dead ones oh every day i was like they're they're dead and they would be like no they're betta fish they just kind of hang out like that i'm like geez they're like stoner college students they're just like <laughs> always just kind of flopped over on their fish couch um have little dvds of fear and loathing in yeah and they're always just like trying to push them on everybody like we should, we should watch this oh like, you gotta you watch it you've never seen it you just don't want to talk to me beta fish. just be honest <laughs> um but yeah like I, I bet i bet he was like look you can do that or you can get into the world of the sunfish and clownfish. And sh- oh, yeah. I killed some sharks in college uh, trying to get it. What? A- My roommate and I were like, we should get fish as pets for the dorm room. And then the next day they were dead. They were little tiny sharks, though. Um, little tiny? Sh- where do you get a little tiny Walmart, shark? Walmart. That was the only store in our college town. <laughs> and wow. then soon after, I was no longer welcome in Walmart. Not because of the fish. It was a whole thing. Anyway. They sold. Um, wait. So let's deal with these things each as they come. <laughs> Number one, they sell sharks at Walmart? I mean, that's what they called them. I'm, you know what? They were probably like some kind of very no big deal fish, but they were like, people are going to want to buy them if we call them little teeny tiny sharks. So we'll do that. They sell live animals at Walmart? They did at the time. Yeah. I mean, this was back in the like 1940s when I was in college. But What were the other options? Were there other? Was there like puppies? No, no. It was just fish. They just had different types okay. of fish. Um, but mostly sharks. E- well, I mean, we were like, oh, we're cool bad chicks. We're going to get sharks. 
and then they died. Did you not get water water conditioner? No, because we were like, yeah, they're going to be badass. We got rum. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what the problem is with sharks in dorm rooms is you can't smoke around them. Yeah. Right. There's, they're such fucking narcs. Yeah, that was they really what it was. Narcs. We were like, shut up. Like people would call the room and be like, what are you guys doing? We we're like, I don't know, partying. And the sharks would be like, we'd like to read. And we're like, shut the fuck up, sharks. Um, I'm going to ask the RA if this is okay. Yeah. So, And they kept flossing. Yeah. Like, you guys don't even really have that kind of teeth, but yeah, and they like go home every weekend. Every weekend, like, right. yes, yeah. Did you have sharks also? Because that's exactly right. <laughs> Listen, every dorm room has a couple of sharks that aren't really ready for college. Yeah, they cried a lot. I found out six months into my freshman year <laughs> that the shark on my hall went home every weekend. Because he literally did not know how to use a washing machine. Yeah, that happens mm. a lot. That right. happens a lot. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot of fires in our um, dorm room kitchen because the sharks just weren't used to anything that wasn't water-based. Right. So. There were always candles, <laughs> mm-hmm. open flame. Yeah, and like they would microwave popcorn way too long. Yeah. Uh, number two, why did you get banned from uh, Walmart? Uh, shoplifting. I was uh, fighting uh, capitalism. So good. Somebody needs to take that thing down. I've been saying this for years, Jesse. Somebody needs to take this capitalism thing down. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not familiar with it, but I'll go with your your advice on this one. Yeah. Yeah, You got to take it down. I'm ready for some ethical consumption. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was like 18. So, you know, I I didn't have a whole plan laid out um, for more effective capitalism uh, fighting, but I did get uh, I did want some free film for a camera uh i was gonna guess Yu-Gi-Oh cards <laughs> no 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 i support the Yu-Gi-Oh industry i'm not gonna try to right. steal those those are artisans yeah again blue-eyed dragons you know that's what i will spend <laughs> my money on thank you what uh, eliza were the other notable destinations in the college town in which you went, attended uh, college well i will tell you halfway through my college career we got a new attraction in the town which was a sheets gas station oh i've heard about the sheets <laughs> our friend justin mcelroy from my brother my brother and me had an entire web video series dedicated to sheets oh it was so exciting because we didn't have anything that was open late at night except for Kroger and um, Waffle House. And, you know, of course we would go to the Waffle House. We were cool. We needed to drink coffee at two in the morning like college kids do. Um, and every now and then the Kroger, the Kroger would get sad in the middle of the night. Um, but the sheets, not only could you, was it 24 hours, but also you ordered on computer screens, which was still very new then. So we were like, what, it, what are we living in, in total recall here? I'm getting a turkey sandwich from this <laughs> computer screen instead of the person standing one foot farther away from me. <laughs> this is great. Um, so, yeah, we would go to the Sheets gas station out by the highway. It was so the, the other the other things in the town. Sorry, no follow up questions on Sheets. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the other things in the town were a Tyson chicken plant and a Purina feed factory with a short line railroad between them. So the Tyson plant would send chicken parts to the feed factory. And, you know, you could take that short line railroad all the way to the hotel on Baltic Avenue. 
yeah. <laughs> it is pricey, though. Joke. What you want to do is own it. Um, yeah, you got to own it. You got to own it. And then the, uh, the, the feed factory would send feed back to the chickens for them to eat. So the whole town would smell like dog food sometimes. Was this cool. in Europe, Virginian? Was this all going down in Virginia? Mm-hmm. Yep, in the Shenandoah Valley, uh, James Madison. Beautiful country. Yeah, it was very pretty. Yeah, there was a lot of Mennonite um, uh, farmers markets and Mennonites in general, which always felt weird to stand in line behind them at the ATMs. Like I was like, is this okay? You guys use these? <laughs> but hey, I didn't know, you know, I'm not going to question someone else's uh, expression of um, belief. But a weird thing that we had on campus was, I don't think I've told you guys about this. I didn't notice it until my senior year. There was this house. It was just like a house on the corner of the campus that had a sign outside that said um, Natural History Museum. Have I told you about this? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. So I love Natural History Museums, and I couldn't believe, like, again, one day in my senior year, I was like, what the fuck? How did I never notice this? Yeah, let's go in here. And so me and uh, one of my roommates were like, yeah, we got to go in and look around. And again, it's just a house. So, like, the living room area is tied, like, there, there's a little sign on the door that's like, um, like it, the world of insects. And inside, it's all these insects and, you know, butterflies and spiders all pinned up on different boards. So you can see them. And then in the dining room area, it's like the human body. And you go in, it's all these different human organs in jars. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's not something you want to see in a residential house. No, and let me tell you, those were cloudy jars. Yeah. Very cloudy. You gotta clean your jars. Yeah, you know. Your I mean, what else jars? do you have to do all day? Yeah. Just squeegee those jars. Um, and then at the back of that room, there was another a door to another room that said the miracle of life. And so I remember opening that to enter that room. That was not a room, though. It was a very shallow closet with a bunch of stacks of, uh, of shelves that had fetuses at different stages of development. So what? imagine opening a door, thinking you're entering a room, and then boom, it's just that. You're like, oh, oh no, 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 yeah. no, no. Uh, so I closed that door. I was hoping you were going to say the sign said the miracle of life, and you opened the door, and it was just two people fucking. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a skeleton and a ghost, and they were making out. <laughs> Ooh, and, and then they look at you and go, this is what you are. This is what you are. <laughs> Just um, a ghost inside a skeleton. Yep, that's what you are. Uh, so then you go upstairs, you know, where all the bedrooms would be, and it's just all these taxidermied animals. And, you know, taxidermied animals, like, in, in different sort of, like, fight poses or, like, being yeah. majestic, all that stuff. Except almost every single one had lost its eyeballs, and the Jesus. eyeballs had been replaced by cotton balls with little black marker dots on them for, for like, pupils. Jeez. And that was bananas. I mean, because, yeah, they were all super wonky, fluffy little eyeballs pointing this way and that way. It was real was weird. Was the house operating as a house in addition to being operating as a museum? No, it was clearly somebody's personal collection. I assume they had died and were like, please use my collection of weird shit to educate the masses. I think it wasn't part of the school. It was just grandfathered in on that plot of land. Because it definitely didn't say like the JMU uh, Natural History Museum. It was just natural history. Come on in. So 
it was so so weird yeah i it seemed right that seems like the kind of thing where you would like find out later that the person who owned it was a murderer yes for sure except there like if there had been more human body parts than there were taxidermied animals i would think that yeah definitely but as it was it did feel like the human body parts were sort of an afterthought like this person (laughs) had definitely spent decades collecting foxes and squirrels badgers and muskrats all looking angry at each other Hmm. and then was like how do i round this out what they have in the basement i didn't even think of that that's the gallery of (laughs) (laughs) ex-wives ex-wives throughout the ages I actually think the basement um, was uh, moving forward in time, like upgrades to the human form, where it was uh, humans with like other animal parts sewn onto them. Oh, right. <laughs> what we will become. <laughs> Looking to the future, the miracles of science, something like that. Yeah. This just says evolving to punch God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what so does this, this make mean? people want to listen to my comedy album or watch Earth to Ned? <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing this right? <laughs> listen, Eliza, none of us are doing this right. <laughs> fair, fair. It's, it's, it, it is interesting. When we were making the show, I was like, m- like my personal uh, goal of like best case scenario was I want to make a show for a new generation of weird kids who don't have to be scared to ask questions about the world around them and also some stoners. Um, But I also was like, this show is so weird. This is a weird, weird show. It's only going to be appealing to weird people. And then in the time between us rapping and it coming out amongst all of the other things that have happened to the world, which there have been a lot, it also kind of bloomed everyone's personal weirdness. So we suddenly had more weird people who were like, yeah, this is exactly what I'm into. Please show me a weird TV show. And so it seems to have fed this. It seems to have like met this weirdness in people in a, in a way that's worked out for us. Yeah. I think I feel like, I feel like the TV landscape needed uh, some silly nonsense. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think maybe I've, I've talked a little bit about this on the show, but like, my kind of quarantine TV diet, like you just have to be real careful that the sh- the shit you're watching isn't going to send you into a like anxiety spiral. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, who boy, like what do we got? Uh, boy, ooh, seasons three through ten of The Simpsons, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel uh, years of the Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and then uh, and now yeah, just watch just. Fucking now watch an alien talk to Lil Rel, okay? That's not going to remind you of the election. It is not going to remind you of viruses. Just watch an alien talk to Lil Rel. They're going to be, they're going to have some fun together. They're going to have fun. You know, it's been working out for me very well as far as the non-freak out TV stuff, besides Earthnet, which everybody should watch, is uh, the uh, Britain's Best Home Cook show. You guys familiar with this? <laughs> no. This is okay. So you know how Mary Berry left Great British Break Off? No, <laughs> I also don't know that. Oh my gosh! Okay, so uh, your listeners do. Eliza, you're right. They do. <laughs> so there's the Great British Bake Off or the Great British Baking Show, 
I know the guy from the Mighty Boosh is on. Uh, he it, is it, now. Yeah. Yeah. They had this big rift where one of the judges, Mary Berry, left and Paul Hollywood stayed and the two hosts, uh, the comedians, left. And that's when Noel Fielding came in, who, yes, I like Noel Fielding a lot. He's but great. I feel like all of us have been like, well, what happened to Mary Berry? On Hulu now is the show that Mary Berry is uh, judging, which for those of us who don't care about baking, I don't care about baking, it's just a bunch of pleasant, supportive British people making risottos and roasts. It's wonderful. <laughs> I like that. I have heard a lot of people say that like British like reality competition, British food TV is like the most soothing of the televisions. It real like they they give each other food like when they're like oh no i don't have chili somebody else be like right i've got them you can have mine and you're like come on why can't we all be that (laughs) don't help each other no it's wonderful it's lovely it's like okay so competition really is about doing your best and Mm. hoping that your best is seen not destroying the other people um well i mean you know reasonable people can disagree eliza uh Jesse, did your son did your son name the beta fish? Yeah, it's named Finny. Yeah. <laughs> Can we workshop that a little bit? Wait, wait, no, it's perfect. It's perfect because okay, between the three of us, don't tell your son this. The beta fish probably doesn't have that long. Oh no. So when there's another beta <laughs> fish, you get the joy of naming him Finn again. Uh-huh. Oh. And that's pretty special. Do what happens when he dies? We have a wake. You have Finnegan's wake. <laughs> yeah, you have Finnegan's wake, and then you can get Finnegan begin again. Wow, Jesse, yeah. this is going to turn your son into the drunken Irish poet you always <laughs> wanted in the family. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Of course, every episode of Jordan Jesse Go is uh, supported by the members of MaximumFun.org. This week, we've also got a message up on the Jumbotron from a Jordan Jesse Go listener to you. Do you want to play funny online trivia with friends? Don't answer yet. Geeks Who Drink wrote more special questions just for this spot. Do you want to read the first special question, Jesse, and I'll read the next one? Sure. A candy-coated almond is named for what Mideastern nation? For what beloved comedy writer? (laughs) In a 2007 film title, Robert Ford assassinated what real-life dude? A kind of knee-high boot is named for what Austin Powers dance style? Pause as long as you need, dummy. Answers are Jordan. I don't know if that's the right tone. I don't know if they're finding the right tone with this. Answers are Jordan, Jesse, James, and Gogo. See? Clever. Sign up for more of this crap at geekswhodrink.com and use discount code JJGO420. JJG, excuse me. JJG420. I feel like sign up for more of this crap is right on brand. That's exactly what we're looking for. Uh, Geeks Who Drink. I've done their bar trivia before. It's a ton of fun. I love these guys. Uh, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron if you want to share a message, either personal or professional. 
on Jordan Jesse Go. We'll be back in just a second. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Eliza, cool tropical breeze. Skinner. I use one of those breezes. You know what I did today? Hmm. I cooked an egg in my front yard on my front patio. <laughs> did you really? It's 116 degrees today in Los Angeles. So I just brought a skillet out there and put an egg in it. Just to see if it happened? It worked. How long did it take? I mean, I had it out there for half an hour, maybe. Wow. Did you eat the did egg you... later? Yes, thank you. No, I did not. <laughs> Come on, you gotta eat the egg, baby. <laughs> it got kind of crystalline. That's your whole, that, I mean, that's not fair for you to work in your catchphrase, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey, listen, I'm trying to move t-shirts, okay? <laughs> Showbiz is slow, I need to move t-shirts. You gotta eat the egg, baby. <laughs> Yep. And then it's got a it's a it's a snake with like an egg shape inside of him, right? Yes, it's a he yeah, right. It's a yes, it's an egg eating snake. And then uh Paul Simons, you can call me out, please. <laughs> I mean it's not the most obvious catchphrase. Or synergy but... with the song. <laughs> yeah. Is it confusing? Yes. I never said it wasn't confusing. I mean, it's a catchy hook in the song. That, that horn line is catchy. Right. It's very memorable. So it would help you remember the egg-eating snake. Mm-hmm. True. But then what does that have to do with your, with your brand more generally, Jordan? <sighs> Listen, I'm not a think-things-out kind of guy. I'm, I operate on right. emotion. I operate on gut. I go with my gut, Jesse. Isn't Jordan's brand whimsy and like living in the moment? <laughs> Thank I feel you. like I feel like carpe diem is pretty much eat the egg. Yes, exactly. Carpe diem, eat the egg. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my Latin isn't as strong as yours. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of interpretations of that phrase, and one of them is eat the egg. Right. Yes, Socrates said it. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's take some calls when something momentous happens to you. Call us, 206-984-4FUN, or just record a voice memo and email it to us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here is one such example of such a call that we've received. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Mike in Tulsa, Oklahoma, calling with a momentous occasion. I found myself on the highway this morning, and things slowed down to a crawl. I was about to drive up on a really like nasty wreck. And as I got up there, I saw what it was. A truck full of candy had dumped <laughs> all of its contents all over the highway. There were Swedish fish. There were peeps. There were all sorts of packages of just candy everywhere. And a part of me really wants to cry because I couldn't pull over and scoop up armloads of it. So there you go, momentous occasion for you. Candy spill on the highway. It sounds like the saddest children's song by Bruce Springsteen ever. Have a great day, guys. (laughs) Now this is why we have momentous occasions. Wait, you know what that means, right? What? 
That means a kid found a monkey's paw. <laughs> Some kid someplace was like, oh, candy explosion on the highway. Yeah. I get all of the candy. Ah, fuck. I killed two truck drivers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing yeah, with monkey's, monkey's paws. Oh, yeah. You know, you think you're just going to get your wish, but you don't know about the ironic twist. Yeah. Kids, if you're out there, I know a lot of kids listen to this show, but. Yes. If you find a monkey's paw, just word the wish very carefully. Yeah, monkey's paws are very stupid. Um, and even the best of them were penned by O. Henry, which still right. makes them just obnoxiously mm-hmm. ironic. So just write it out. Write it out a couple of times. Take it. Do, do a couple of drafts of the wish. Yes. Make mm-hmm. sure it's watertight. Does the same company make peeps as make Swedish fish? That's what I was. That's what the surprising part of the call to me is that those two things were on the same truck. I believe Peeps are like, it's a company called like Newly Born or something. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Peeps seem like they're just made by Peeps. Right. Peep Co. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that the, the, the factory that has the machinery to make Peeps is also making Swedish fish. I don't know. Maybe they all just kind of go to the same like central warehouse or something. Yeah. It might've just been like candy store. Oh, it's Just Born is the company that makes Peeps. Yeah. Um, they also make Mike and Ike's. And hot tamales, which seem very similar to Swedish fish. So yeah, maybe it was just general stocking for candy mm-hmm. stores. That'd be funny if after the ca- crashed candy truck, there was a crashed uh, toothpaste truck. <laughs> you ate too much candy. And then a crashed penny truck for the witches in your neighborhood who... <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Don't give out either. All the, all the Halloween <laughs> options. Yep. <laughs> Let's play another call. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and I'm going to say Helen Hong. I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. This is Ari in Minnesota. I use they, them pronouns. Um, Today, I asked out my crush, who also uses they, them pronouns. And um, they and myself and my husband have a date next weekend and may soon become a thruple. So that's pretty exciting. Love the show. Bye. Oh shit! Way to go! <laughs> wow. I listen. I hope. I hope everybody's being safe. I don't know. Listen. Hey, people are podding up. They're podding up. I'm not a doctor. Fa- I'm not a doctor Fauci over here. Let people pod up. They they know what, what they need to do to mitigate risks at this point, right? Maybe. I don't know. Just make sure everybody in your thruple has gotten a test. Take their temperature. Blast every part of your thruple with that temperature taking gun. <laughs> That's not how it works. It doesn't like, you don't blast people with the temperature. <laughs> yeah, just, they do that to you right there, right there outside uh, Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> it's just reading your temperature. You go up there and then no. pow. <laughs> Everybody from the thruple meet at Kaiser Permanente. Get blasted with the temperature gun and then Pa-pow. go to town on each other. <laughs> Wait, but go home first. Go home first. Don't do it outside of Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> Because there might be kids there, and who knows what the rules in their house are and what discussions they've had and haven't had. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Spare the staff of Kaiser Permanente. (laughs) I think this is how it works, and I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, the virus is spread by by respiratory means, Mm -hmm. primarily. When you breathe in someone's ear. I think thruples, when they're going to town... They're facing away from each other because they're rubbing butts together. Uh, you know, let's 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 be respectful. Sometimes they 
they rub other parts. Yeah, you, Jesse, you can rub. I mean, I don't know when the last time you had a sex education class was, but you can rub anything on anything. Yeah, and it, it can all be sex. Really? Yeah, all of it is sexual. Now it's if you you just have to declare something sexual for it to be sexual now. <laughs> so hey, if if you're out there, just start just start rubbing on your thruple. Yeah, I like to go to the grocery store, mask on, very safe, and grab some uh, shredded cheese and just massage it while I make eye contact with people, and really test boundaries that way. Because look them in the eye and go to town on the Tillamook. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. I like the thicker shreds. Yeah. I like the yeah. thicker chunky, shreds. Chunky, a chunky cheese. Ooh, I need a chunky cheese. Um, you know, guys, I've been with my wife now for about 20 years. Well, that explains it. Congratulations. But <laughs> I would not be opposed to bringing Tillamook into a thruple. <laughs> I think I could get my wife to go for it as well. But you know what? I'm going with Tillamook ice cream. I think that's the best grocery store ice cream. Wow. Whoa. Either way, Tillamook is a giving lover, and I hope this counts as an ad read. <laughs> Tillamook, it'll fuck you and your wife. <laughs> Use offer code uh, <laughs> wifefuck30. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, there's a fetish that's, of, that's being consumed by, I guess, generally women, but I think it's anybody which is impossible. So the only way to express that fetish is like drawing it, which means there's all these, no offense, dudes who draw like crayon drawings of ladies with them inside. And they always look so happy inside the lady. (laughs) That's my favorite. (laughs) It's like, like a smiling little crayon guy. Like, yeah, I'm inside this lady. (laughs) And I'm like, human sexuality is a beautiful, diverse thing. Yeah. He's like in there giving a thumbs up. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Is it yeah. Are they turned on by that part in the, in the Little Prince where the snake eats the hat? For sure. I think they're, they're turned on by like Jonah and the whale. Any, any kind of you getting eaten by somebody. It's, it's, it's got to ring somebody's bell. Honestly, I think everything has to ring somebody's bell. There's people who marry tilt-a-whirls. I think it's just people who literally want to be up in them guts. Yes, through whatever mm-hmm. means necessary. Uh, yeah, to be truly known by someone. If you have a momentous occasion for us, 206-984-4FUN or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about butts. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager and I I was two butts, 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 butts. Hi, I'm Dave Hill from before, and I'm very excited to bring Dave Hill's podcasting incident back to maximum fun where it belongs. 
You can get brand new episodes every Friday on MaximumFun.org or, you know, wherever. And while my partner Chris Gersbeck and I might lack in specific subject matter on our podcast, we make up for in special effects. Chris, add something cool right here. Also, we have explosions, animal noises, and sometimes even this. Dave Hill's podcasting incident every Friday on Maximum Fun. Chris, do another explosion right here. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Eliza Skinner, cool tropical breeze. Mmm, yeah. Can I get that with rum instead of tequila? No. No. Fuck. No exceptions. <laughs> no substitutions. Oh, man. But we have a flair bartender, so enjoy Whoa. the show. <laughs> 80s Tom Cruise? It's the only flair bartender there is. <laughs> Earthnet is on uh, internet television. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's on your Disney Plus application. Just like uh, National Geographic. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most popular services. You can also watch... Uh, <laughs> my daughter recommends this, and she also recommends the movie The Shaggy DA. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. I, I like our Venn diagram here. It's a sequel to The Shaggy Dog. She has not seen and does not want to see The Shaggy Dog. Wow. Does she want to be a lawyer? Nope. <laughs> okay. I mean, she just likes people with like goals in life. Maybe if the if she had the chance to be a dog lawyer, maybe. By dog lawyer, do you mean a dog who is a lawyer, or just anyone who represents dogs? A dog who is a lawyer, but she wouldn't be above representing dogs. If a dog got into some legal problems, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if a dog had some patent issues, I mean, there's a there's a dog mayor uh, for sure. He, you know, there's got to be crooked dog mayors. So yeah, that's I, true. <laughs> I have to say, Eliza, you've made some really bold assertions. Uh, there's that thing about tint- Tilt-A-Whirls earlier. There's this dog mayor thing. People for sure fall in love with and or fuck Tilt-A-Whirls. That's, that's not, I'm not making that up. I'm not creating the story. I'm reporting the news. There's a show about it. I think it's on A&E. Is A&E a channel anymore? I don't know. There was a lady who married the Eiffel Tower. You know? It, uh, that's true. And I will relate it to uh, John Berger, who wrote Ways of Seeing, talked about the aesthetic emotion as mm, mm, something mm-hmm, that creates mm, an overwhelming mm-hmm, rush of emotion that you can't mm-hmm, otherwise explain um, mm, and that that's what art is. And I think for mm-hmm, some people, that same mm, sort of feeling, that's what you want to fuck. So mm, what I'm mm-hmm. saying is we've got complex brains and it's beautiful. Mm. That is, that's really, that's, boy, yeah, that is, I have a lot to think about. Yeah, they let me make a show for Disney. (laughs) (laughs) It is so funny that there is an app where it's like, do do you want to watch a puppet show from the Jim Henson company where an alien interviews Lil Rel? Do you want to watch all the Marvel movies? Do you want to watch that darn cat? (laughs) (laughs) Six bucks a month. I got to say, like, the thing that has been... I've been really floored and excited by the reaction to the show that so far it seems like everybody who's bothering to talk about it has liked it a lot, but also specifically that they have said that it um, reminds them of early Jim Henson productions and like that sensibility, um, which to me was not only funny and whimsical, but also edgy and risk-taking and 
assumed that kids could figure that stuff out and take away from it what they wanted to take away from it. Just like that darn cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really, it really challenged me as a youngster. Uh, in addition to Earth and Ed, which people should watch. Um, mm-hmm. Eliza, you've got a uh, comedy album out. I have a new not comedy only, album. It's not only stand-up comedy, but it's funny songs. It's both, yeah. Um, it's live recorded stand-up comedy um, and some produced tracks that were recorded in the studio, so they're not live, uh, of, of music. And it's all weird. Um and yeah, it, it was, it was really fun. My, my goal with the music was to have it be really actually good music, not just, uh, sometimes comedy music can be, can, it, it, for it to be funny, it needs to point you to the, uh, the punchlines in it. Surely you're not caught talking about Corky and the juice pigs. No, 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 no. That's very complex stuff. Um, I, I downloaded them on Kazaa. <laughs> Um, but like you and I, Jordan wrote a couple of songs for, um, Earth to Ned together. We wrote, yeah, the, that was um, really fun. Yeah. We wrote, uh, don't ask about no one likes onset pranks and, right. um, and a song that has not yet been released for one of the episodes that has not yet been released. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Good night, sweet Claude. This is funny. Cause I, uh, so I, I think it was I was some sort of writing from home day when I was when we had one of those songs. So, you know, I think I did the first draft of it and then, um, you know, just like did the lyrics and then to, you know, kind of give people an example of how to make the song. I just kind of had a little tune and and sang it into my phone and then like attached that with the script um, and that's something I've done um, before. Like when I, uh, I've written a few episodes of Unikitty that had songs and they would have, they would just say like, and, and write a song here about going under the sea. And I'm like, oh, shit. So, you know, <laughs> you write the song and then I would sing it into my phone and attach it with my script. Um, and now every time I get in my car, you know, my you have an music on my phone that? just shuffles. And sometimes <laughs> it'll be me going, live under the sea. You got to live <laughs> under the sea. Anyway, if anyone else ever rode in my car, it would be embarrassing. I have, uh, my version of that is having uh, uh, hip hop tracks for freestyling over. That it'll be oh. like song, 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 and then just like a beat. And I get... I usually am driving by myself. I have a two-seater Miata because <laughs> I'm your divorced dad. And Ooh, two. Yeah. Um, and so when those tracks come on, I'm like, I feel embarrassed for the track if nothing is happening. So I'll kind of rap over it so the track doesn't feel bad. Yeah. Which is just embarrassing for me. But. Who will watch the Watchmen? Yes, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who will rap the Trackman? Too much empathy. Too much right. empathy is what that is. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I wanted to write fun, fun songs that actually sounded fun and like they were part of different genres of music. And I think we did that. I I wrote my music for the the album and for the show with um, Tim Young and Steve Scalducci. Who are who I met working on the Late Late Show? They're in the band there, um, and they're really great. And they made everything sound super good. And it was just really fun creating things with them because, in both senses, you know, I would I would talk about different songs that I liked, and 
different feelings that I wanted to have happen. And they would sometimes talk about complex music things that they wanted to have happen. And then we would sort of triangulate and meet in the middle um, and see what, what ended up in the final edit of things. And I think it made for neat stuff. That's like when I collaborated with Neil Pert from Rush. <laughs> yeah. Which time? <laughs> I'll talk next week. We can talk about the record I'm making with Pharaoh Sanders. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is he alive? He's alive. He's alive. I wrote a song for John Legend. That was a thing. That's real. <laughs> yeah, and he's he has an egot. He does have an egot. Yes, I have seen his egot. He also has a really complex Japanese toilet. Wait, is an EGOT an, its own thing? Like, when you get one, do they give you a whole separate no, award? No, but, like, in the same place, he has this, all the awards. But they he's should, glued, right? He's glued them all together. Who yeah, would, they sort of form like Voltron. Who would give that to you? <laughs> right, I, the, the Emmy's the arm, yeah. I bet we could, we could corner the market on that if we were, like, we're the EGOT distributor. It's very right. high-end. We have this a molded EGOT that only people who have EGOTs can get, but it costs $10,000. I bet people would buy that. I feel like it could look like a horrible David Cronenberg creature. Yes, that's absolutely... It should shame people who have it. (laughs) It should be like, who have you helped? What have you done? This is the monster you've become. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you could have been connecting with people, but instead you excelled professionally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Eliza, will you share one of the songs with us at the at the end of the show? Can we sure. play? Can we play something from the record? Yeah, um, I, yeah, absolutely. You can. I'll I'll give you uh, "L.A. Comic," which is a country song about being. This is going to be weird. An L.A. comic. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, it's about being on the road, which nobody is anymore. So I think it's uh, a nostalgic <laughs> tune now. It's like let's go to the hop. Um, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez is our producer on the program. Uh, you can find us on Reddit, MaximumFun.Reddit.com, on Twitter, at Jesse Thorne, and at Jordan underscore Morris. Uh, hashtag at JJGo if you have corrections, of course. We care about nothing so much as uh, the quality of our products, so do tweet them at JD Power. Uh, I want to mention, by the way, uh, because it was 10,000 degrees today in Los Angeles, I went over to our mutual friend Elliot Kalin's house from the Flop House to go swimming in his pool, in his backyard pool. And uh, our friend Elliot said to me, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Bullseye lately. And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, Jordan does, has been doing a really great job hosting. And I said, yeah, Jordan always does a Great job hosting. So if you're a Jordan fan like ah, I am shucks. and Elliot ah, is, uh, Jordan's been uh, Jordan's been guest hosting, conducting some uh, great interviews over on Bullseye, my public radio show, as I have been uh, detained with uh, family matters. And I'm very grateful to Jordan, uh, not least because of what a great job he does. Um, so go go check that out. There's some some cool some cool interviews over there. Um, plus, uh, Carrie Poppy from Oh No, Ross and Carrie interviewed Alex Winter from uh, Bill and Ted. So yeah, that's pretty great too. And he's he's a cool dude too. Besides just being in Bill and Ted, I mean, he's great in Bill and Ted. Don't get me wrong, uh, but he's a really interesting man. And that's it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Here's a track from Eliza's new record. Woke up close to dawn before the breakfast bar was on. Local news expecting me in ten. 
Got here late last night on a two-connection flight. In a couple days, I'm doing it again. Left behind a Honda Fit and a man who won't commit. Neither one is fit for the road. So I'm taking it in stride and I'm along for the ride. Clip a mic on me, good morning, Buffalo. I'm just a But I touched a hundred t-shirts at the Gap You don't bother learning names When every green room looks the same Except that one with a drain in the ground Did a show in Tennessee Opened with, what's up D.C.? Call me Cheesecake Factory I'm in Evertown I'm just an This tunnel has a light One day you're a hit The next you're a flop You can break your heart Or it can make it stop Friends the only thing That saves your life I'm just an L.A. comic On the road Waiting MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.